0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Freedom from Addiction: Truth Just Below the Surface the Neil Haley Show. And I'm excited to welcome to the program Reverend Wyn Henderson, MD. Wynn, how are you? I'm doing good, Neil. Uh, the program today is Truth Just Below the Surface on COVID deaths, and uh, my source is Dr. Joseph Marcola, and it's been fact-checked. Hospitals receive payments for testing every patient for COVID, every COVID diagnosis and every COVID death, as well as any time they use remdesivir and mechanical ventilation. Early on in the COVID pandemic, people suspected that the deaths attributed to the infection were exaggerated. There was plenty of evidence for this, For starters, hospitals were instructed and incentivized to mark any patient who had a positive COVID test and subsequently died within a certain period of time as a COVID death. At the same time, we knew that the PCR test was unreliable, producing inordinate amounts of false positives. Now... The truth is finally starting to come out, and as suspected, the actual death toll is vastly lower than we were led to believe. Dr. John Campbell uh, from England uh, is going to give us some information about um, this problem. He has been on YouTube with 429 million views. And this is recent data released by the UK government in response to a Freedom of Information Act request. For the 21 months covering January 2020 through September 2021, the total COVID-19 death toll in England and Wales was a little over 17,000 a far cry from what's been reported. As the end of September 21, the UK government reported there were 137,000 deaths within 28 days of a positive test. And these deaths were, therefore, all counted as COVID deaths. In January uh, 2022, at a UK press conference, The health secretary admitted that the daily government figures are unreliable as people have been and continue to die from conditions unrelated to COVID-19, but they are included in the count due to a positive test. He also admitted that about 40% of patients presently counted As hospitalized, COVID patients were not admitted due to COVID symptoms. They were admitted for other conditions and simply tested positive. Campbell pointed out that of the 17,000 people who had COVID-19 as the sole cause of death, a little over 13,000 were over 65 years old. The average death in UK from COVID in 2021 was 82 years. Compare that to the projected life expectancy in the UK, which was 79 for men and 82 for women. This hardly constitutes an emergency, least of all for healthy school and working age individuals. Campbell goes on to review data on excess deaths from cancer. Estimates suggest that there have been an extra 50,000 cancer deaths over the past 18 months, deaths that normally would not have occurred. Delayed diagnosis and ability to receive proper treatment due to COVID restrictions are thought to be the primary reason for this. Campbell notes that when we look at excess deaths, we really need to take things like age of death into account. COVID-19 apparently killed mostly people who were close to the end of life anyway. So the loss of quality life years isn't particularly significant. That needs to be weighed against the deaths of people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who have died from unrelated cancer and other chronic diseases thanks to COVID restrictions. In the United States, data suggests a similar pattern of exaggerated COVID death st- statistics. Most recently, the CDC director, Dr. Um, Rochelle Walensky, cited research showing 77% of people who had received the COVID jab died with or from COVID and also had, on the average, four comorbidities. So really, these people who were unwell to begin with, uh, she said, while um, Walensky pointed to the study as evidence that COVID shots work uh, wonders to reduce the risk of death, the exact same pattern has been shown in the unvaccinated people without comorbidities have very little to worry about when it comes to COVID. COVID is a lethal risk only for the sickest among us. And that's true whether you're vaccinated or not. In a 2020 study, it found that 88% of hospitalized COVID patients in New York City and two or more comorbidities. A little over 6% had one underlying health condition and 6% had none. At the time, at that time, there were no COVID jabs available. Similarly, in late August of 2020, the CDC published data showing that only 6% of the total death count had COVID-19 listed As the sole cause of death. The remaining 94% had an average of two and a half comorbidities or pre existing health conditions that contributed to their deaths. So, yes, COVID is a lethal risk, but only for the sickest among us, just as Walensky said. But that's true whether you're vaccinated or not. In addition, to the issue of whether people die from COVID or with SARS-CoV-2 positive test, there's the issue of whether incorrect treatment is killing COVID patients. In early April of 2020, doctors warned that putting COVID-19 patients on mechanical ventilation increased their risk of death. One investigation showed a staggering 80% of COVID-19 patients in New York City Who were placed on ventilators died. Many of the patients have blood oxygen levels so low that they should be dead, but they're not gasping for air. Their hearts aren't racing and their brains show no signs of blinking off from the lack of oxygen. That is making critical care physicians suspect that blood levels of oxygen, which for decades have driven decisions about breathing support for patients with pneumonia and other acute respiratory distress um, problems might be misleading them about how to care for those patients with COVID-19. In particular, more and more are concerned about the use of intubation and mechanical ventilators. They argue that more patients could receive simpler non-invasive respiratory support such as the breathing mask used in sleep apnea, at least to start with, and maybe for the duration of their illness. Despite uh, putting patients on mechanical ventilators as the standard of care for COVID-19 across uh, the day, without doubt, most of the early COVID patients were killed from uh, ventilator malpractice, and patients continue to be killed, not from COVID, but from harmful treatments. Mechanical ventilation can easily damage the lung as it's pushed air into the lungs with force. Hyperbaric oxygen treatment, (HBOT) would likely be a better alternative as it allows your body to absorb a higher percentage of oxygen without forcing air into the lungs. HBOT also improves mitochondrial function, helps with detoxification and inhibits and controls inflammation and optimizes your body's innate healing capacity. Doctors also have excellent results using high flow nasal cannulas, in lieu of ventilators. As noted in an April 2020 press release, the doctors at uh, University of Chicago Medicine said uh, that a team from UC Chicago's medicine emergency room took 24 COVID-19 patients who were in respiratory distress and gave them the high flow nasal cannulas Instead of putting them on ventilators, the patients all fared extremely well, and only one of them required intubation after 10 days. The high flow nasal cannulas are often combined with prone positioning, a technique where the patients lay on their stomachs to aid breathing. Together, they've helped you you Chicago medicine doctors avoid Dozens of intubations and have decreased the chance of bad outcomes from COVID-19 patients," said Thomas Spiegel, medical doctor, medical director of University of Chicago's Medicine's emergency department. The prone and high-flow nasal cannulas can combined have brought patients' oxygen levels from around 40 to up to 80 to 90%. You might wonder why doctors and hospital administrators (coughs) insist on using treatments known to be ineffective at best and deadly at worst while stubbornly refusing to administer anything that has been shown to work, be it intravenous vitamin C, vitamin D3, hydroxychloroquine and zinc, Uh, ivermectin or corticosteroids? The most likely answer is because they're protecting their bottom line. In the US, hospitals not only risk losing federal funding if they administer these treatments, but they also get a variety of incentives for doing the wrong things. Hospitals receive payments for COVID testing on all patients. COVID diagnoses, admitting a, quote, COVID patient, use of remdesivir, use of mechanical ventilation, and COVID deaths. What's worse, there's evidence that certain hospital systems, and per, perhaps all of them, have been waiving patients' rights, making anyone diagnosed with COVID a virtual prisoner of the hospital with no ability to exercise informed consent. In short, hospitals are doing whatever they want with the patients and they have every incentive to maltreat them and no incentive to give them treatments other than that that's dictated to them by the NIH. As reported in Citizen's Journal, The U.S. government actually pays hospitals a bonus on the entire hospital bill if they use remdesivir, a drug shown to cause severe organ damage. Even coroners are given a bonus for every COVID-19 death. What does this mean for your health and safety as a patient in a hospital? Citizens Journal ask this question. Without missing words, it means that your health is in severely jeopardized state. Citizens Journal likens government-directed COVID treatments to a bounty placed on your life where payouts are tied to your decline, not to your recovery. For remdesivir, studies show that between 70 and 75% of patients suffer an adverse effect and the drug has often had to be stopped after five to 10 days because of these effects such as kidney and liver damage and death. Remdesivir trials during the 2018 West African Ebola outbreak had to be discontinued because the death rate exceeded 50%. Yet in 2020, Anthony Fauci directed that remdesivir was to be the drug hospital's uh, go-to COVID-19 treatment, even when the COVID clinical trials of remdesivir showed similar adverse effects. In ventilated patients, the death toll is staggering. Attorney Thomas Rents announced at a Truth for Health Foundation press conference at CMS data showed that in Texas hospitals, nearly 85% of all patients died after more than 96 hours on a ventilator. Then there are the deaths from re, uh, restrictions on effective treatments for hospitalized patients. Rents and a team of data, data analysts have estimated that more than, get this, 800,000 deaths in America's hospitals are in COVID-19 and other patients have been caused by approaches which restrict fluids, nutrition, antibiotic, effective antiviral, effective anti-inflammatories, and a therapeutic dose of anticoagulants. We now see government dictated medical care at its worst in our history since the federal government mandated these ineffective and dangerous treatments for COVID-19 and then created financial incentives for hospitals and doctors to use only those approved and paid for approaches that they recommend. Our formerly trusted medical community of hospitals and hospital employed medical staff have effectively become bounty hunters for your life. Patients need to now take unprecedented steps to avoid going into the hospital for COVID-19. Patients need to take active steps to plan before getting sick to use early home-based treatment of COVID-19 That can help save your life. Considering the uncertainties around diagnosis, it's best to treat any cold or flu-like symptoms early. At first, signs of symptoms start treatment. Perhaps it's the common cold or regular influenza. Maybe it's the much milder Omicron. But since it's hard to tell, your best bet is to treat symptoms as you would treat the earlier uh, forms of COVID. Considering how contagious Omicron is, chances are you're likely to get it. So buy what you need now, so that you'll have it on hand when the symptoms arise. And remember, this applies for those who have gotten the jabs as well, since you're just as likely to get infected and perhaps even more so. Early treatment protocols have demonstrated the effectiveness, which include the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, that's the FLCCC, if you're using Google search, prevention and early at-home treatment protocol. They also have an in-hospital protocol and long-term management guidance for long-haul COVID-19 syndrome. You will find a listing of doctors who can prescribe ivermectin and other necessary medicines on the FLCCC website. When that information was very, very interesting and definitely truth just below the surface. And where can people find more information on you? Well, Neil, it's at www.dot.freedomfromaddiction.dot.libson.dot.com. You spell Libson. L-I-B is in boy, S-Y-N, with no spaces, no capitals. And send this information to all your family, your friends, your associates, because they need to know the truth just below the surface. And, uh, of course, it is a free subscription if you sign up. And they will notify you as we get more uh, podcast programs out. All right. That was freedom from addiction. Truth just below surface in the O'Halley Show. Take care, guys.